You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and mayor of the island for Misfit Toys. And I'm Rafer Guzman, the red-nosed film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid movie recommendations for whatever ails you. Note, we are not real therapists, we are not real reindeer, but we are real movie and TV critics. In this week's episode, we're going to lean in heavily to the holiday season because a lot of you are seeking advice about this most magical, wonderful, and agonizing time of year, (laughs) (laughs) as we all know. All right. Kristen, you want to read our first letter? Sure, I'll do it. Our first letter is from Jordan. Jordan says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I'm really struggling with the concept of the holidays during COVID. My family lives in Canada and Australia, and I live in the United States. And the main reason I love Christmas so much is because we all have time off of our lives to get together back at our parents' house. This year, that isn't even close to happening, and I'm beside myself about it. Do you have any movie recommendations where the kid doesn't magically make it back home for Christmas and everything is still magical and bright? Hmm. That's a tough one. You know, Christmas movies generally try to generally try to cheer you up. They're always trying to they're always trying to lift you up those Christmas movies. Damn jolliness. Um, so jolly. <laughs> uh listen, you know, this is this is going to be hard too. I know we've talked about this uh holidays during the pandemic. We've made it through Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up. I think it's going to be kind of a lonely Christmas. I've got family all the way back in California. Not going to see them. I've got family as close as Michigan. Not going to see them. So yeah, it's um, it's tough. I don't like the idea of uh, of a year passing, sort of a milestone like that passing a holiday where you don't check in with family, especially when they're far away and you don't get to see them that often anyway. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm in exactly the same boat as you, Rafer. As you know, I have my family in Minnesota, my family in Arizona, right. Dean's family. Dean, my husband, his family is in Australia and in New Zealand, and. We don't know when we're going to see them again. We're sending each other photos. We're FaceTiming. We're talking on the phone. We're emailing and so on. And um, But we can't hug them. 
it's heartbreaking. We would love to hug them. But I do have to say, like, we have done little things here and there to try and make the holiday season a little bit more bright. For example, my sister in Arizona and I, we each picked out a different food item. I'll be perfectly honest here. It was a sponsor of our show. Okay. I sent her a box. And she made that dinner and she sent me a food item. And then we ate dinner together and talked about what we made and we sent each other pictures and so on. And it made the holiday season just a little brighter because we each surprised each other with a dinner. And we all have different ways we can do that. Sure. I know other people have sent experiential presents to their family members that they can, you know, maybe play a video game together remotely or do other things. But yeah. yeah, there are a lot of ways to still try to, you know, be creative with connecting. But you know, you're right, Jordan. It's not the same as hugging. It's not the same as being home at your parents' house and everything feeling like it normally does. It's not going to feel like it normally does this year. I agree. I agree. So Kristen, what are you prescribing for Jordan? Well, Jordan, I decided that I wanted to prescribe you a movie that has nothing to do with the family getting together and waking up together on Christmas morning. Because (laughs) you know what? That's great and all, but I I just feel like if the movie was too family-focused, it might just bum you out. So I decided instead that I am going to prescribe you a movie that's more about chosen family, about coworkers, about friends. Okay. It is, I'm just going to say it, one of my top 10 favorite Christmas movies of all time. It's called The Mistletones from 2012. Do you know The Mistletones, Rafer? I have never heard of this film. Oh, well, you heard about it now, The Mistletones. <laughs> it's currently on Freeform, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, a few other places. Uh, in The Mistletones, our protagonist, Holly, is all set to audition for the newly vacated spot in the local Christmas group. This group was founded by her late mother. When the slot goes to the best friend of the group's leader, Marcy, though, Holly sets out to create her own musical group, The Mistletones, and... Get this, the cast is fantastic. The Mistletone stars Tia Maori as Holly, and as Marcy the villain, we have Tori Spelling, oh. who is on fire. She is fantastic in this. Oh my God. <laughs> awesome. There are also just a lot of other terrific supporting performances, as well as snappy editing. The comedy is top notch. The choreography is terrific. The musical arrangements are so fun. It's called The Mistletones. Here's a clip. Wait, wait. I'm so sorry I'm late. My cat, my car, and that stupid snowplow. I'm sorry. Please tell me I didn't miss the auditions. Holly, oh, sweetie, I would love to let you try out, but we only have the church to 8.30, so. But it's only 8.20. Ooh, yeah, you just missed it. I'm sure that's really disappointing. Please, Marcy, I've waited years for a spot to open up in the snowbells. Now that Ingrid's gone, may she rest in peace. I cannot miss this chance. Marcy, her mom founded the Snowbells. You have to let her try out. Look, Marcy, I have wanted this so bad. It's all I ever think about. Look at this. I design new costumes. I've got new arrangements of classic carols. I'm just asking for a chance, please. I'm sorry. Maybe another spot will open up soon. In fact, Barb's vocal cords are aging much faster than her face. So fingers crossed. Kristen, I've never heard of this film. Where? How, how did you find it? Oh, you need to watch this movie, Rafer. I do. <laughs> I think I discovered it either the year it came out or the year after. Um, I believe it was originally on either ABC Family or Disney. And 
it is now an annual tradition in my house. And I sometimes even just watch it when it's not the holiday season because <laughs> it makes me so happy. It's so fun. It's got great momentum. The acting is hilarious. It's such a good time. And, you know, I just want to reiterate to Jordan this movie is not about a family being together for the holidays. Instead, it's a movie about an unmarried woman without children who makes the most of the holiday yeah. with her friends and her coworkers through singing and dancing. And Jordan, maybe you can do the same thing this year, either by singing and dancing in the streets or in your house or watching hilarious movies or maybe just by meeting up for a hot chocolate in the park with a good friend. And you can still honor your family. Holly honors her family in this movie by, you know, trying to continue her mother's tradition in the art of choral music. But when it comes down to it, you can carry that family in your heart, but still have a good time with the people who are there you can love the people you're with if you can't be there with the other people you want to be with. I think that's a great message. The mistletones. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna put this one on my list, Kristen. It sounds great. Oh, you're going to love it. I know you like some Tory spelling. You're going to laugh. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> what about you, though, Rafer? What are you going to prescribe, Jordan? Well, I don't know if I read the letter right, but I, re <laughs> I read it as, do you have any recommendations where the kid doesn't magically make it back home for Christmas and everything is still magical and bright? In other words, a movie where none of those things are true. So I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not. But the movie that I chose, the movie that I chose is called A Christmas Tale from 2008. And it's a movie that I don't really think that many people know about. It's French, for starters. It's from a director called Arnaud Desplechins. That's my best pr uh, pronunciation of French. So if I butchered his name, which I'm sure I have, I'm sorry. And it is kind of a rarity, this film. It's a dysfunctional family Christmas drama. Those are usually comedies, you know, these things with the all the people get together and there's mom and there's dad. And, you know, we're going to have some misunderstandings and some old wounds and some bonding and all that kind of stuff. It's somebody brought home a stupid boyfriend. That's right. Oh, no, the kids are running wild. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uncle Jeff drank too much. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> right. Only in only in this case, it's really a drama. And it's not a downer. It's just a, you know, it's kind of a serious film. Uh, and it's a, and it's really good. And it's got this amazing cast uh, whose names I will also pronounce terribly, but I'm just going to forge ahead. It has Catherine Deneuve, who plays uh, Junon. She's the head of the Vouillard family. Uh, how am I doing so far in my French? Great, right? Very impressive. Thank you so much. Uh, so, <laughs> so Junon has leukemia, which is heartbreaking for uh, all the obvious reasons. But there's this added cruelty uh, that many years ago, she had a son, uh, seven years old, who also died of leukemia. Uh, but wait, there's more. The whole reason <laughs> that Junon had another son named uh, Henri was so he could become a bone marrow match for his dying brother. It didn't work. Henri felt like a failure, and he's grown up to become a failure. He's an alcoholic. He's angry. He's bitter. He's mean. He's played by Mathieu Amalric from uh, Diving Bell and the Butterfly, by the way. Another upbeat movie. Another great upbeat <laughs> French movie. Uh, and and so now with Junon dying of leukemia, it's, you know, it's the past all over again. And now Henri has another chance to help his mom. But he's been banished from the family. So can these things happen? Can he come together? Will the family let him back in? I won't play a clip here because it's in French. Uh, but let me just say this is not the merriest Christmas. But it's a it's not a bleak Christmas either, but it's a very dramatic film about a family going through some heavy stuff during Christmas. Do you think I read this letter totally wrong, Kristen? 
No, I think you read the letter right, but I'm just shaking my head here because I disagree with you. <laughs> this is the most depressing movie I have ever seen, other than The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, which you also just mm. mentioned. This movie is such a downer. There is. I don't think it is. This is so depressing. Oh, my God. It's so depressing. <laughs> Jordan, I don't know if you should listen to Rafer on this one. This is oh, so depressing. Know. Or maybe maybe watch it and just be like, oh, my family's not as bad as these people. Yeah, I mean, that maybe was, you can do that. That was partly what I that's partly why I was describing this, because I thought like, well, you know, if you, you, you do have to remember that when you go uh, home for family, you know, home home for Christmas with family, you do have to take a lot of the bad with the good. You know, it's not it's not all just, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, eggnog by the fire and cozy sweaters. Um, but. You know, listen. I I know what you're saying. It, it, it's a very French film. There's there's a there's a, a character in the film named uh, Elizabeth. She's the daughter, I think, and she turns out to be clinically depressed. And there's a scene where the father <laughs> decides to cheer her up by reading her a passage from Nietzsche, and it works. And I remember thinking, like, man, you got to be pretty depressed to be cheered up by Nietzsche. These people are screwed up. Uh, but I will just say. I think it's a great movie. I think the acting is just off the charts. And it's, you know, it's not all just totally downer. It's, you know, it is done in this kind of slightly self-aware way. The, uh, uh, the director is a big Francois Truffaut fan, so he uses a lot of Truffaut-ish techniques, silent era techniques, you know, uh, the iris close-ups, the title cards, things like that. That brightens things up a little bit. Anyway, I know it's not your typical Christmas movie, but I'm recommending it. <laughs> I like it a lot, and I think it's, uh, I think more people should see it. There you go. All right. So once again, Rafer's very depressing recommendation is A Christmas Tale. <laughs> a Christmas Tale is in French and subtitled. And I am recommending The Mistletones. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, a huge thanks to everyone who continues to rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts. For example, Ronnie9RC gave us five stars and wrote... In a random attempt to light up my crazy last weeks, I just found a treasure of joy and fresh human content with Rafer and Kristen. You are bringing so much to my days with your recommendations. Please don't ever stop. Oh, that is so sweet. Rafer, let's never stop. Won't, won't stop. Let's just do exactly what Ronnie9RC says. We won't stop, Ronnie. We're going to keep going. <laughs> Thank you very much. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> That's right, Ronnie9RC. Love the name. Is, it that, is RC for radio control or is that for something else? Whenever I see oh. RC, I, don't, I always think radio control. Oh, I was thinking that soda, but you know. <laughs> That's good too. I do like to eat and drink, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay with us. When we're back, we have someone whose mother is making the socially distant holiday a little challenging. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. 
If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. We are back with our second letter of the week. This one is from Maggie. Rafer, I'll let you read Maggie's letter. All right. Maggie says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, my mother and I have always been very close. We talk on the phone most days and visit each other every summer and holiday season. For obvious reasons, my husband, kids, and I called off the summer visit this year. And in the fall, we decided to cancel the holiday visit as well. It would break our hearts if my mom got sick, either from contracting COVID-19 on a plane or from all of us flying to her and then passing it along. Unfortunately, this is not sitting well with her. Almost every day, she reminds us that she won't be around forever. And last night, she said that she might just surprise us and show up on our doorstep on Christmas, whether we like it or not. We understand that she misses us. We miss her too, but I'm starting to get resentful and scared that she'll follow through on her threat. Do you have any advice for how to deal with her feelings and my own? Whoa, Maggie, your mother sounds like she really loves you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, delicately put, Kristen, delicately put. Uh, Oh, boy. Reefer, do, do you have a relationship like that with any of your parents in your household? No, my my relationships with my parents are they're fraught, they're fraught, but not in that way. If any, you know, if anything, it'd be for me, it'd probably be the opposite. I think I probably wish my parents would have gotten in my face more, you know. And in fact, I think my <laughs> wife is somewhat the same way. I think my wife feels that her parents um, didn't pay her quite enough attention during her formative years, and she almost wishes that they were a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of uh, in her face and uh, you know, up, up in her up in her business. I might say the same thing. So no, I don't have that kind of that kind of parent who's forcing themselves on me, so to speak. But I, you know, I've certainly come across them. I've, I've, I've seen them in my friends. So I can't speak from personal experience, but it does, it does sound difficult, I have to admit. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine because, you know, Maggie, it's very clear to us, to me and Rafer, that you are just doing this to protect her. The social distance sure. is not to punish her in any way. It's because you don't want to get right. her sick. And you also, frankly, I'm guessing, don't want to make anybody else sick. By getting on a plane, how many other people could you get sick? In the airport, in a taxi cab, all these other places right. you could get people sick or vice versa. You're doing this for good reasons. You're not doing it to punish her. You're doing it because you love her. And I'm sure you've said that to her. And I hope you just keep on saying that to her. It's because we love you. It's because we love you. We don't want you to get sick. We love you. And um, I'm guessing you've already done that. But the more you do it, you know, hopefully the love will come through. I am keeping my fingers crossed. She does not show up on your doorstep on Christmas. I mean... (laughs) I do, too. I do, too. No offense to your mom, but I do think uh, medically uh, not a great idea. Yeah. If she does, please immediately drive her to the nearest clinic, get a COVID test, force her to wear a mask. You wear a mask. Stay in separate rooms until you get your results back, please. Sure. So um, we wish you the best with that. And 
we also have a couple movie prescriptions for you. So, Rafer, I'll let you start. Sure. Well, I was thinking about this a little bit, and honestly, it didn't take me very long. The very first movie that popped into my mind was uh, one of my favorites from back in 2015 called The Meddler. Kristen, do you know this movie? No, I don't know this one. Oh boy, Kristen, this is this has got your name written all over it. Great little movie. Uh, I'll tell you, it was the kind of movie that critics, uh, just like me, I, I think everyone had the same reaction. We went in expecting very little, and everybody was just wowed by it. And everyone gushed over it and wrote these glowing reviews. And for some reason, people just didn't really go out to see it. It wasn't It wasn't a bomb. It just wasn't a hit, despite all the love that we gave this movie. Anyway, it's a very simple story that I think our listener, Maggie, will be able to relate to. Uh, the hero of this film is a woman named Lori. She's played by Rose Byrne. She's moved from New York to L.A. She's going to be a screenwriter. And uh, that's her big career goal. And also we get the sense that maybe she did it to get away from her mom, Marnie, who was played by the great, great Susan Sarandon. Mm. So uh, no such luck. Marnie follows her daughter to L.A. And now she's up in Lori's house. She's on her phone. She's checking her email. She's in her car. She's all up in Lori's life. And she's up in everyone else's life, too. Except here's the thing. Everybody else thinks it's just lovely and wonderful and charming. You know, uh, Marnie meets this <laughs> nice young guy at the Apple store who's trying to go to college, but he doesn't have a car. So she starts driving him to school. She meets the nice young lesbian who's getting married, but the lesbian doesn't have any money. So Marnie's going to pay for it. And, you know, Lori, meanwhile, is thinking, like, how come everyone that I know loves my mom, but she drives me completely insane and I just want to get the hell away from her? Here's a clip. Mom, maybe you shouldn't drop around here all the time. Then I barely see you anymore. Well, you know, I've got a ton of work to do. So, you know, it requires a lot of research. I'm just saying, I'm not in the position to be very entertaining right now. I don't have any good stories. Is there anything you want to talk about? Didn't you hear what I just said? What I need right now is to write, okay? This is my office. This is my desk. These are my coworkers. If I was in a real office, you wouldn't come in and sit on my desk and pet my coworkers, would you? No. I've been talking to my therapist about this, and I think it's time that we set some boundaries. The meddler. Yes. Reefer, how have I never seen The Meddler? This is exactly the kind of movie I would just adore. And I love this cast. I love Rose Byrne. I love Susan Sarandon. Oh, my God. I love the premise of this. This sounds like something I would just eat up. Oh, my God. Yeah. A, a bonus. Uh, uh, Susan Sarandon's love interest is J.K. Simmons. Oh, I love J.K. Simmons. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just got this marvelous, marvelous cast. Uh, here's what I like about the movie. You can, like, while I was watching it, I just kept thinking that... Marnie, the Susan Sarandon character, that's got to be the filmmaker's mom. It's got to be the filmmaker's <laughs> real mom. There's just there's no way that's a fictional character. And sure enough, I walked out, you know, did some research, and the movie is written and directed by Lorene Scafaria. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, she did that movie, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, which didn't do oh, yeah. yeah, which didn't do very well. 
So she was trying to like write a follow-up and, and instead of trying to, you know, write some different crazy thing, she just decided to write about her own mom, Gail, uh, and write down to, and everything in this movie is so real, right down to that, uh, the, the lesbian wedding, uh, subplot, which Gail really did offer to do for a woman. And in fact, I think one of the oh my gosh. women in that couple wound up being a producer on the film. So, um, oh my gosh. yeah, it's just, you can just tell that like, you know, it, the movie just overflows with love for this character. So now, you know, what does this do for our listener, Maggie? Uh, and and the reason I that I recommend this movie is because I get the feeling from you, Maggie, that you you love your mom. You can tell from this letter that you that you love your mother. This is not a case where you want to bounce this person out of your life and slam the door and never see them again. Uh, you just want to set some boundaries, and that's what Laurie has to do in the film. And eventually, your mother's going to have to accept that. But the other thing that happens in this movie is, you know, Laurie has to ask herself, what's what's her mom going through? You know, what 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 feelings is my mom having that's driving her to behave this way? And there's more to this Marnie character than we realize. And there might be something more going on with your mom that maybe you haven't thought about or maybe you do know about. Um, you just haven't sort of come to grips with it or you haven't kind of, you know, let yourself realize how much it's affecting your mom. I don't know, but I'm I'm certainly I'm sure that the that the that your mother is behaving the way she is for a reason. And I think that's one of the things that this film is actually really good at showing in a really funny, smart, loving and beautifully acted way. Wow. That is such an empathetic and kind prescription, Rafer, the meddler. That sounds Well, thank you. It sounds like exactly what the doctor ordered. I think I think it's a good one. And and Kristen, this seems like this seems like this is right up your alley, this 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 question. I feel like you've got a you've got a good one for our listener. What's it gonna be? Well, I think it's a good one, but I'm pretty sure you did not like this movie that I am going to prescribe. Okay. The guilt trip. Do you remember the guilt trip, Rafer? I have not seen it. Oh, you didn't see I, I it. Okay. did not see it. Okay. So I misremembered. For some reason, I thought that you also saw the guilt trip and uh, didn't love it as much as I did. Maybe it's because I imagined sitting in the theater laughing my head off that you would have been there with your head in your hand, like shaking your head. Because <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think I was laughing way too hard watching this. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I remember I remember really, I, I don't remember what happened. I remember that being an end of the year release. It was a Christmas movie. It was a Christmas movie, of course. Um, yep, it came out in Christmas 2012. Yep. Right. Okay. And so I just remember there being a lot of, you know, there was just a big crush of movies and we had to give that one up for whatever reason. The scheduling s- schedule, I can't remember. I can't remember what happened, but I, I didn't see it. But I'm glad to hear that you liked it because it looked it, it looked like a funny movie with a, a good cast. Yes. So here's the premise of The Guilt Trip. Um, the Guilt Trip centers on Andy Brewster. Before embarking on a once-in-a-lifetime road trip, he pays a visit to his overbearing mother, Joyce. And that proves to be a big mistake because she pressures him to bring her along for this trip. And early on, you see Andy is nothing but aggravated by her antics. She is nosy. She does things that just drive him up a tree. She's telling him stories he doesn't want to hear again for the millionth time. She's just such a pain in the rear in so many ways. But eventually, as the trip goes on and on, and she does more and more wacky things, he comes to realize that maybe they have more in common than he first thought. Aha. That maybe they're just two sides of the same coin. And notably, The Guilt Trip stars Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand in fantastic casting. Here's a clip. You want to drive cross country with me? Yeah. 
No, it's, you know, we won't be gone long. It's only eight days in a car together. Wait a minute. I want to make sure that I'm hearing this correctly. You want to spend a week in a car with your mother. More than anything in the world. <laughs> don't you think I might get on your nerves a little bit? No, it was just a thought, and if you don't want to do it, then fine. I don't want to push you in. Matt, Matt, am I so awful that you can't spend a little time in a car with me? I'm inviting you. Do you want to come with? Do you want to drive across the country with me? Well, I'd have to reroute my mail. You have five seconds to tell me whether you want to go or not. I can't wait. What are you kidding me, honey? Okay, that is so exciting. Talk to us. Oh my God! Oh my God! touch my roots though before I go. What are we gonna pack? You gotta fill me on all the weather conditions in all the states that we're gonna go through. I do know that chilling moment when you realize that you're becoming one or both of your parents. <laughs> boy. Boy, there's a lot of those moments in life. Oh, oh yes. It's happened to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. So we were talking about how I hadn't seen this film and you have. Um, and I, like I said, I had high hopes from, I mean, the, you know, the idea of Seth Rogen playing Barbara Streisand's son is just, just so irresistibly funny. How's the movie? Is it good? Oh, I think it's a delight. It's not a perfect movie. There are, you know, moments where I thought, this could be shorter. This scene may be going on just a little too long. There's, you know, there's definitely those moments like that. Sure. But yep. overall, it's just such funny casting and such a delight. And I really think that this could be exactly the thing that Maggie needs because the movie reminds us we're allowed to be frustrated with our parents. Parents can be frustrating. Totally. And the movie also reminds us our parents might be frustrated with us because you know what? Adult children, we're frustrating too. We're a pain in the ass in our own way. Good point. But I also hope that this movie is reassuring for Maggie that you're going to get through this rough patch. This is just one frustrating year. It's not forever. And it may even be the case that at the end of this year, you'll see the ways that you are alike. Maybe you're not as different as you think. And maybe what's motivating your mom isn't that different than what would motivate you when your kids are grown. You know, so totally. I hope it gives you just a tiny bit of empathy. It hopefully will give you some laughs and it will remind you also that sometimes the worst things in life create the best stories. And all of 2020, let's be real, is the worst thing in life. But we'll have some good stories to tell later, right? <laughs> I sure hope so. Just like in the guilt trip, they're going to have some good stories to tell at the end of their guilt trip. Well, that sounds good. And I'm glad to hear a recommendation from that because, like I said, I really wanted to see that. Okay, so that sounds like two pretty good ones from Kristen, the guilt trip, and from me, the meddler. All right, we're going to take another quick break. But before we do, just a reminder, we love it when you visit our website, reeferandkristen.com. When you're there, you can send us a question. You can seek some movie therapy. You do not have to use your real name. And if you haven't already, join the conversation on our Facebook community. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Kristen. When we're back, we have our What Should I Watch Next letter of the week. Welcome to the future in this year's wildest super fun show for adults. Hey gang, it's Josh Olson. And Joe Dante. And we want to tell you about our podcast. It's about movies. Josh, there are a thousand podcasts about movies. Sure, but ours is different, Joe. That's true, actually. Our guests are writers, directors, musicians, comedians, actors. Hell, we even have other podcasters on. We play no favorites and they don't talk so much about their own work. 
but about the movies that have influenced them and made them who they are. We call it the movies that made me. We've talked with people like Guillermo del Toro, little Stevie Van Zandt, Martin Short, Ethan Hawke, William Freakin, Barbara Crampton, Jonathan Ross, Dennis Lehane, Mark Duplass, Adam McKay, Lorraine Newman, Jason Reitman, Alison Anders, Elijah Wood, Stephen Canals, Eli Roth, Joe Bob Briggs, Roger Corman, Bobcat Goldthwait, Leon Douglas, Dana Gould, Martin Campbell, Shane Black, Albert Hughes, Emily Deschanel, Joe Biafra, Larry Fessenden, Nicole Hawson, Shaka King, Lee Daniels, Roslyn Chow, Clancy Brown, Jarvis Smith, Ike Barrow, Steve Arkett, Thomas Melton, Jim Prince, and Uwe Boll. It may not be highbrow, but it's lots of fun. Subscribe for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. In color to thrill you as never before. There is a corner of Los Angeles where dreams are brought to life. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Made in Mars! Top of the world! Where legends are made. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories. Tales of heroism, villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy and triumph that when sewn together form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood. Available now wherever you get podcasts. We're back, and it's time for this week's What Should I Watch Next letter. This one's from Claire. Kristen, you read this one. All righty. Claire says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I was so excited to watch Happiest Season, the new lesbian holiday rom-com on Hulu starring Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Aubrey Plaza, and Dan Levy. I'll be the first to admit that it was not a perfect movie. Mackenzie Davis's character Harper treats Kristen Stewart's character Abby like garbage from start to finish, and pretty much every character in the movie is less than one-dimensional. And yet, I really enjoyed it. Some of it rang true to me, and more than anything, I just really liked seeing a star-packed holiday movie with queer people at the center. I'd love to watch some more LGBTQ holiday films. Do they even exist? Please tell me what to watch next. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, it's funny. I was just uh, reviewing The Prom, the new movie with uh, Meryl Streep, the musical. I'm so jealous. I asked for an advanced screener and didn't get one yet. You did? You didn't no. get one? Oh, you got to... Offline, Kristen. I'll tell you how to do it. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry. I can't reveal trade secrets, listeners. Um, but I'll tell you how to do it. Okay. So uh, I was watching The Prom, and I'm reviewing it. And uh, I'm just going to say, because this podcast will come out after the film's proper release, so I can say I really did not like it. No. Although you and I, Kristen, well, we've got, you and I have different different tastes on this. You you think Meryl Streep plus musical equals good, and I think Meryl Streep <laughs> plus musical equals bad. <laughs> You're a Mamma Mia fan, and I am not. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And I was actually hoping that this movie, The Prom, could have been the answer for Claire here, too. Right. I mean, it's not Christmas-themed, but yeah. But it's really being promoted as, like, the holiday release that is... You know, the LGBTQ holiday release, the big splashy one with all the stars this year, right? Totally, exactly. Um, and that's kind of why I mentioned it. You know, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I didn't like it and I was disappointed by that because, you know, I have to say at the end of the day, we need more of those movies. They're just, they're yes, still, you know, for, for all the advances that have been made on, you know, in, in television and in, in films and in, in popular culture in general and music and everything, a lot of advances have been made for uh, LGBTQ people. But, you know, really, like, like this listener is asking, hey, what about, you know, a kind of, uh, you know, holiday film with a queer couple? There's, you know, how many of those are there? Not that many. It's 
I think there are, yeah, maybe a dozen that I can think of, not that many. And I have to agree with uh, Claire here on her assessment of Happiest Season. I had really mixed feelings about it, too. Did you see it, Rafer? You saw it. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Um, some friends and I, we uh, synced up our TVs. We watched it all at once while texting each other. You know, full disclosure, my friends who I co-watched with were three of my queer friends. And mm-hmm. we all ate it up and were happy with the representation. But we were also just like, this is frustrating. It's a mean coming out story. This is somebody who's not being nice to her partner. And it was hard to watch that. <laughs> but at the same time, we were excited, right. like, yay, representation, but oh, so frustrating. Right. <laughs> but then also right. Christmas right. movies are frequently filled with those kinds of things where it's like, here's a family getting together and they aren't nice to each other. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, fair point. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of frustrating. And I'm sorry to hear that the prom is not necessarily the fix, but what is the fix, Rafer? What what other things can we prescribe to Claire here? Well, Kristen, I don't know if this is the fix or not, but you know what I chose? You know how people say that Die Hard sort of is and isn't a Christmas movie? Yes. I, I chose a movie that kind of is and isn't a Christmas movie in sort of the same way. It's a movie called Tangerine <gasps> from 2015. Do you remember? Yes, Tangerine is absolutely a Christmas movie. Tangerine takes place... Only on Christmas, right? It takes place on Christmas Eve, right? Exactly. Yes, right. It's absolutely yeah, Tangerine, hands down, Christmas movie. Oh, okay, good. All right, so you agree. And an unusual, innovative one in many ways. Totally, totally. Uh, it made a lot of buzz that year uh, because it was shot with three iPhones, which was a new thing at the time. But people had done some things like it before, but it was really the first time that someone had made a really high quality indie feature that you could really show on a big screen that looked great and was shot solely with iPhones. It was was a real a real groundbreaker that way so um but here's the story you know it's christmas eve at the donut time donut shop uh highland avenue and santa monica boulevard in hollywood it's a a well-known hangout for uh, sex workers and two of them are the heroes of the film Uh, one is cindy rella just out of prison and her friend alexandra both transgender uh, both played by transgender actresses Uh, uh, one is katana kiki rodriguez and the other is um, uh, maya taylor and the story here is that cindy Uh, has heard that while she was locked up, her boyfriend and her pimp, Chester, has been cheating on her with another woman, and even worse, a cisgender woman. And this is too much. This is too much. And uh, Cindy and Alexandra are going to go on a mission to track that man down. Here's a clip. So, I got some good news to tell you. What? I've been keeping a secret about me and Chester. (laughs) Woo! I know what it is! You're breaking up with him. Thank God, because, honey, for him to be cheating on you like that... Wait, 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 what? Uh, um, you you didn't know? How the fuck would I know? Girl, because everything that you've been hearing on the block about the girl that he's been with... Girl, you're the first girl I've seen on the block. Who is she? Girl, she, she's some white fish. I don't know. Chester's fucking she on me with real fish. Yeah, bitch, like a real fish, girl, like vagina and everything. I've been gone for 28 fucking days, and you mean to tell me that he's been out here cheating on me with fish? Yeah. Do I know her? Oh, no, I just know that her name starts with a D. It's something like Danielle, Desiree, Dee Dee. 
Rafer, I just love that you chose Tangerine. Oh, good. Tangerine is, it's just so different than any other movie out there in lots of ways. Right. And not just different than holiday movies. It is a very different holiday movie, but it's different from all other movies. And it has such great energy to it. Yeah. The energy of this movie is incredible. Yeah. And that's I've, a lot of that is really down to those two actresses. Um, you know, they're, it's a, it, it's, it's a really, it is a really unusual movie. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's gritty, uh, but it's also funny. And it's kind of awful mm-hmm. at times. Um, you know, these these two women have, um, you know, they don't have great lives. I mean, these are two women who are at the bottom of the social totem pole. People do not treat them well. But they are funny and they are ferocious and they're loyal to each other. And like you said, they've got all this energy and spirit and personality. And they're just, they're such an absolute treat to watch together. And James Ransone, who uh, who plays Chester and appears at the film's end, is just priceless. And so, you know, it, it's it's... It's it's Hollywood. It's L.A. It's not exactly full of snow and, and fir trees and reindeer, but it does indeed take place during Christmas. And I, I kind of feel like that that holiday angle gives it this little extra added feeling of tenderness. And that's one of the reasons I liked it. Oh, what a great recommendation, Rafer. Tangerine. And so, Kristen, what about you? This is I mean, this is I'm just I'm just proud you being the Christmas expert that you are. I'm just proud that I'm keeping up with you on this podcast. Oh. I'm just I'm just proud that I'm, I'm I'm just proud that I'm like right at your heels. That's oh, all. I thank you, thank you so much. Uh, it is the most magical movie time of the year, and <laughs> I will say this: 2020 is a special year. There are several LGBTQ. Uh, made-for-TV Christmas movies that are coming out this year. From places you wouldn't expect, too. Yes, yes, including um, the Hallmark Channel, notably. Um, Lifetime has one also. And uh, the best of them, in my opinion, though, is coming out on Paramount TV on December 13th. It will also be simulcast on December 13th on Logo, Pop, and TV Land. I am talking about Dashing in December. Do you know Dashing in December, Rafer? <laughs> I don't, but it's a pretty good title. <laughs> tell me tell me about it. <laughs> it is possibly not just the best Christmas movie I've seen this year, but I think it's now on my top 50 of all-time greatest Christmas movies. No kidding. <laughs> oh, that's, that's high praise. So Dashing in December follows Wyatt. He's a sophisticated New York City financier who returns home for the holidays in an effort to convince his mother, Deb, to sell the family's ranch and beloved magical Winter Wonderland attraction. In the midst of his mission, an unexpected romance ignites with the new ranch hand, Heath, reawakening the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> The movie stars Peter Port as Wyatt, Juan Pablo de Pace, or de Pace, I may be mispronouncing that, as Heath, and Andy McDowell as Wyatt's mom, Deb. Here's a clip. May I ask, um, is that where you stopped doing the rides? Your father? Yeah. Yeah, after he passed, it just hurt too much. It was always something we did together. But in spite of it all, I'm still really going to miss this place. Hey, this place had a really good run, didn't it? And you guys did make something special here. (laughs) Yeah, we sure did. I'd almost forgotten. I thought I was choosing greener pastures when I left Harmony Springs. Now I'm not so sure. It's not always about finding a greener pasture. Sometimes you just have to find a way to farm the pastures you already have. 
Well, I love the ranch hand named Heath. That's got a little Brokeback Mountain in it, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I'm guessing they did that on purpose. That's not an accident. They had to. I think it seems like a great way to pay pay tribute to Brokeback Mountain. Um, It is exactly what it sounds like. It is a cowboy holiday rom-com. And it is, you know, I I just want to say this. It's not that different from all the other made-for-TV holiday movies with straight people at the center. You know, you have the big city person going to the small town and learning what Christmas is all about. You know, you have the romance between the two people who are so different and yet so much the same. Yes. You have lots of sleigh rides and Christmas trees. And yet what makes Dashing in December feel so groundbreaking is exactly all of that. You know, the whole point of the movie isn't to come out in an agonizing way, like in Happiest Season. Mm-hmm. It's to live life, to fall in love, and to still honor the fact that the characters are gay. Because Dashing in December, you know, they do share their backstories. They acknowledge that it's not always easy to be gay in the kind of small Christmas town that all these movies are set in. They're very upfront about right. that. And, you know, I don't want to make this sound heavy at all. It is light. It is cheerful. It is fun. It is exactly what you think it's going to be. And I just got to say, I squealed and cheered and even cried watching this. I loved it (laughs) so much. And just an added bonus, over half the cast are people of color also. Ah, that's interesting. Well, that's, you know, that is is something that I think television and streaming has been a lot better about um, than the movies. I mean, I think the movies are catching up um, or were until the pandemic. But um, yeah, that's something I think, you know, the, the, that television has been pretty good at. So I'm glad to hear that. Yes. So once again, those recommendations are from Rafer, Tangerine, and from me, Dashing in December. One note about Dashing in December, it is on all those networks I mentioned, Paramount, Logo, Pop, TV Land, and it's going to be in heavy rotation on all of those. But I do believe it's also going to eventually be on the Philo subscription service for streaming and um, available elsewhere for streaming. So just a heads up on that. All right. Kristen, I don't think there's anything left under our tree. That's it. We're out. <laughs> I guess we should head back to the island of misfit toys, Rafer. I think that's right. That's it for this week's episode of Movie Therapy. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need some questionable advice and solid TV and movie recommendations. You can email us at raferandkristen at gmail.com. You do not have to use your real name. You can also tweet us at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meitzer. And reminder, if you have not yet done so already, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We come out every Friday morning. Well, I should say in the eastern United States we do. If you're somewhere else in the world, it's actually probably like Thursday night or something, right? Because of all those time zone differences. (laughs) That could be. You know, time is magic like that. (laughs) That's right. Also, if you haven't already, please tell your friends about the show. It really does help a lot. Until next time, I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening, and happy holidays, everybody. And a holly jolly to you. Yeah, Film Vault. We are one of the original film podcasts. That can't be true. There was like two other film podcasts when we began, Brian. How long have we been doing this show? You and I first sat down and did a version of the show over 20 years ago. My God. Two episodes each week. One. We review movies and the first episode and the second one. Different top five every week. Movies that made you cry. Worst movie accents. Most disturbing movies. All right, the Film Vault. Check it out. Wherever you find a fine podcast. That's right. The Film Vault's going on 20 plus years.